The attack in Buffalo, that was not the only shooting in recent days to target people based on their race. This morning, Dallas police announced that they've arrested a suspect in a string of shootings at Asian American businesses. They're part of a startling trend. Anti-Asian hate crimes increased 339% in the U.S. last year. Joining us now to discuss how to keep Asian American communities safe is Sung Ah Cho, the organizing director at Asian Americans Advancing Justice Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Also here is Illinois State Representative Jennifer Gong-Gershowitz. She's a member of the Asian American Caucus. Welcome to the show, Representative. Good morning, Sasha. Great to be with you. I want to get your reaction to the news that we heard today that a suspect connected with the Dallas shooting attacks has been arrested. I'll start with you, Representative. Well, I'm glad to see that they have a suspect in custody. Of course, this is tremendously heartbreaking for the Asian American community as we are seeing a shameful rise in anti-Asian hate and violence and continuing mass shootings since the Atlanta shooting a little over a year ago. Sung, how about you? Yeah, I think similarly, um, fortunately, when I heard that it seemed that it was anti-Asian motivated, the sad thing it was, it was I didn't feel shocked. I felt heavy just understanding that because of the root causes of racist violence um, that are still rampant in our country, it's horrifying but not shocking that these acts of targeted murder are still happening. You said it felt heavy. Describe that feeling. Yeah, it's understanding that, um, like, I think there's always this fear that another something else will happen um, because the root causes are still going unaddressed. Um, so whenever this kind of news comes up, it's just very heavy. It's kind of like, oh, my God, another another instance. Well, as we mentioned, a, a recent study shows that incidents of anti-Asian violence, they increased 339 percent from 2020 to 2021, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Sung, remind us what's behind the uptick. Yeah, and as a reminder, there is a long history of anti-Asian racism. So this isn't the first time Asians have been targeted um, for centuries. Asians were you know, only entering the country allowed as exploited workers. And many people don't know this, but the U.S. government only allowed Asians to become U.S. citizens in 1952, um, which was like 70 years ago, right? So on top of that long history um, with politicians like former President Trump, who had been blaming China for America's problems even before COVID, then calling COVID the Kung flu, the China virus, right? Severely exacerbating the targeting and blaming of anyone who looked Chinese or Asian during the pandemic. Um, And it's not just been Trump, it's actually people, politicians from both parties, um, you know, like blaming um, China for America's ills. And to be very clear, that is not to excuse the grave injustices and human rights violations of the authoritarian Chinese government. It's to highlight that a high-profile figure blaming an entire country leads to people scapegoating and targeting people who look like they're from that country. This month was also the 40th anniversary of the murder of Vincent Chin, a Chinese-American man who was brutally beaten to death in Michigan on the eve of getting married, Mm -hmm. and he was killed by white auto workers who blamed Japan for the decline of the American auto industry. So underlying, you know, this rhetoric around who is to blame, scapegoating, is also the underlying despair and anger when people are struggling, right? When people, working people are already struggling with 
you know, like access to affordable housing, you know, health care, mental health care, job loss, inflation, all of these things, they contribute to people looking for somebody to blame. And if the rhetoric blames, you know, people who look like they're from a certain place, yeah. unfortunately, that scapegoating continues. Here on Reset, we've been covering this uh, this ongoing rise in anti-Asian attacks for the past two years. But as you pointed mm-hmm. out, Sung, this isn't new at all. Yeah. Uh, Representative, have we as a country made any meaningful actions to, to stop this violence? Well, one of the things we're incredibly proud of here in Illinois is that on the eve of the Atlanta shootings, I was preparing to present the TEACH Act, which passed last year, making Illinois the first state in the nation to require the teaching of Asian American history in our public schools. That we responded by action. We responded by passing a bill that addresses hate and violence with education. I think we've heard a lot, and, and I agree 100% with what Song has said, that when times are tough, hate groups look for someone to scapegoat. And the Asian American community historically has been stereotyped as the perpetual foreigner. Historically, though, Asian Americans have been here since the 1500s, contributed to American life, helped to build this nation. Yet Asian American contributions, as well as our experiences of hate and violence, are missing from curriculum. And so in the absence of information, what fills those gaps are harmful stereotypes. And then you see people acting on those stereotypes, as we have seen over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Well, some people in Dallas, they're calling for more police in the Asian American neighborhoods. Is that the solution here, Representative? Well, I think security is certainly a part of the answer. Here in Illinois, in the last budget cycle, we passed the Illinois Nonprofit Security Grant Program, and that was a coalition effort on the part of the Jewish, Asian American, the Black and Latino caucuses to recognize the need to put some funding behind security for vulnerable communities. And there's $20 million in the budget for that initiative. But the bigger, you know, the bigger picture here is to, to address these issues through education, which creates empathy. It's my view that we cannot do better unless we know better. Fundamentally, discrimination is a result of ignorance. Our communities are responding with resolve and resilience, but we have to address the fear. We have to address the underlying root causes of hate and discrimination. Mm -hmm. And I believe the best way to address that is through education. What do you think, Sung? Yeah, and my heart really goes out to just, like, the fear. Like, I've also felt that as well as an Asian-American femme person, um, just understanding what's happening. But similarly, um, we believe that the long-term solution um, is preventing violence before it happens and addressing the root causes, um, which is deeply, like, disinvestment and criminalization in our communities, right? Like, it is when there is struggle and fear and despair that people look for someone to blame, right? Like when you actually have access to the things that you need and are 
have access to a good life. Like there really um, is not that need to go after and target somebody else to try to find some answer for why there is so much struggle and pain in your own life. Um, and also makes it much harder to, you know, find a group and blame them for the problems that we're experiencing. Yeah. And I think many studies have also shown that investing in root cause efforts like expanding access to mental health care, um, increasing, you know, education and opportunities for young people, increasing spending on housing, um, that those things really do have a big impact. And I think, you know, the last thing I'll um, say is, yeah, also, you know, bystander intervention training, which we've been doing also is educating people on how they can be good community members um, to try to um, be a good bystander and active bystander. Um, and I think the other thing to remember is because we live in a, a racist society right now, like the police also have targeted Asian and Asian American people in anti-Asian violence as well. There's a very high profile case in in Chicago a couple of years ago, um, an Asian woman, Jessica Kleitschek, um, who her salon got raided and the police officer telling her that he would put her in a box and send her back to her country. Mm. So just to, as a reminder that the root causes of racist violence and racism and hatred um, impact the different institutions um, that we already have and to move forward um, addressing the root causes, right, um, so that we can prevent it before it happens. There was a, another shooting last weekend at a church in Laguna Woods, California. A Chinese man opened fire on a congregation of Taiwanese worshipers. He killed one person and injured five more. Would you categorize this attack as different from the other hate crimes that we've seen? Sung? I think it is connected in that the like uptick in violence and despair, like unfortunately there is that um, kind of seeing things in the news, I think, unfortunately spreads, right, the way mass shootings tend to spawn more mass shootings. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out what the motivations are. um, But, you know, there is also a very complex history between China and Taiwan. And also, the despair that people feel, like, comes out in different places against different people, right? Like, there is um, a lot of just, like, struggle and pain um, and mental health crises. Um, So, I think there might be some different motivations, but also like the fact that desperate people um, who maybe are suffering from different things, like find something, someone to blame, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, I think is very connected. Representative, what resources are there for survivors of racial hate crimes? Like, Where can people go? Yes, I think Song touched on something that's really important to highlight here, which is the need to invest in communities, especially to invest in distressed communities where people are in pain. And, um, you know, to to do things like we've done here in Illinois, Um, we passed a bill this last session to expand community-based mental health and substance abuse treatment programs, dedicating over $170 million to implement that program, as well as an additional $100 million to aid group-related services and um, expand trauma recovery centers. We found that community-based mental health and community-based health care is the best way to reach people who are in pain and to invest in distressed communities. So $2 million in particular to expand trauma recovery centers, the underlying root causes of um, trauma um, 
if unaddressed, I think, you know, it's often said, um, hurt people, hurt people, healed people, heal people. Mm -hmm. And so it's incredibly important to invest in trauma recovery centers located in distressed communities where people are in pain to address that pain, to provide mental health services so that hopefully healed people go out into the community and heal others. We're almost out of time, but I want to ask you both before we go, what do we need to to be doing to keep our Asian American communities safe? You first, Representative. Well, I think it it all goes back to it's an all of the above strategy. People need to feel safe. We need to address the very real fear that the community is, is feeling. And then we need to invest in our communities. We need to invest in mental health services. We need to invest in the kind of supports that get at the root causes of pain and violence to begin with. And then we also need to teach our history. It's my you know, firm belief that you cannot do better unless you know better. And so we must do more to ensure that we give our students the tools that they need to see one another, to understand one another. Mm-hmm. Because you can't possibly understand your present if you don't understand your past, the good and the bad. So it's incredibly important that we continue to engage with our local school districts to make sure that our history is being taught. I'm incredibly proud of the things that we've done here in Illinois to ensure that we are being inclusive in curriculum. And I think we need to expand on those efforts nationwide. Sung, what can you add to that? And and you you talked about bystander training earlier. What are some of, of the tips for bystanders in bystander training? Yeah, so the bystander trainings, we're still doing public training. So if you go to Asian Americans Advancing Justice Chicago's website, you can actually get the training on how you can be helpful in documenting and like distracting, doing different things that have been proven to help interrupt violence um, and to think about and be prepared because often people freeze when it happens. So that preparation and training beforehand is really helpful. And then longer term, we also, again, like targeting the root causes of racist violence, like the system of white supremacy, racism that you know divides people up and dehumanizes them. The, the shooting recently in New Buffalo that targeted and killed black Americans, mm-hmm. like again, it's so deeply connected um, and also just grappling together as a community in solidarity with, you know, how racist violence has shown up differently over time and how we can address it together. Um, And I'd also say that that's why we organize. That's why we continue to build power to actually be able to, you know, change policies. And I think that also really helps us stay connected and take care of ourselves as we navigate this world. Like, Asian American Advancing Justice Chicago has a monthly grassroots group called Adjust Shy, and we were able to do healing and processing circles together mm-hmm. last year during the Atlanta shootings and this year. And I think it was really meaningful for folks because when the Atlanta shootings happened, um, because our organization was the lead convener around the work around the TEACH Act, we knew that we were working on root causes together, even as we were supporting each other. So I'll just say, like, feeling seen and supported by community yeah. as we build power to change, you know, change the structures that cause hurt and violence. Like, you know, that is irreplaceable. That is Sung Ah Cho, Organizing Director at Asian Americans Advancing Justice Chicago. 
and Illinois Representative and Asian American Caucus member Jennifer Gong Gershwitz. She represents the 17th District in Northwest Illinois. Thank you both for your time. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.